Hey, Punkrockers! Do you like bands like Voodoo Glow Skulls, Willem Scream, Mute, Implant, Darko, Police, Cigar, Tsunami Bound, Big Ten, The Kids Table, Adrenalize, Friends of Rump, Dead by Stereo, Belvedere, Bracket, Dead Fucking Last, Much the Same, and many more? Are you obsessed with band merch like I am? <laughs> if yes, press pause on this episode and go on EpicMerchStore.com. They offer t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, hats, and kids merch for more than 230 punk rock, ska, metal, and hardcore bands from all around the world. And they now have mugs. Yeah, wow, the coffee's gonna be great. Go get your merch at EpicMerchStore.com. Hello, Punk Rockers! How are you? Welcome to the Punk Rocket Show, episode 39! My name is Emily Plamondon, aka Punk Rocket, and I'm really grateful to be your host. I'm a very passionate punk rocker from Quebec City in Canada, and I love to spread my favorite music everywhere, every week on this podcast. On this episode, my guest is Adam Fletcher of the band The Copyright. They just released a new album, Alone in a Dome, on Fat Record, so we talked about it. I also make you two recommendations for the band Coconut Planters from Italy and No Bro from Montreal. You'll get some punk rock news and I will also review the book Punk Photos from a Fan's Perspective by Kevin Salt. You better be ready because the show is starting now. Hello, hello, what's up? How are you feeling? How are you feeling? <laughs> I missed you since the last episode. I haven't been to shows or punk rock events since last week. I took some time with Scott. Because he's finally home, I celebrated also my goddaughter Lily's 11th birthday yesterday with my best friends and I had some family brunch and dinner so I think I was more into enjoying some times with family and great people. I'm super stoked because there are a lot of great shows coming in Quebec City in December. I can't stop buying tickets! Hell yeah! <laughs> On December 10, I will be playing a show with my band Fifty Shades of Punk Rock because we are going to open for my friends from The Options. They are a fantastic acoustic punk rock band and they're going to release a new album. So we are playing um, for the release show. The same week, I'll go watch a new band called Rope Kill and I'm very excited to see them for the first time. And I also bought a ticket for the Creep Show in Quebec City. I'm very, very excited. So I'm excited for December. And I am absolutely not a Christmas person. I will have more occasion to talk to you about that. <laughs> and last Thursday, I had an amazing songwriting session with my new band. I can't wait to give you more details. What I can tell is that I think our sound is going to be like a very fast skate punk rock band mixed with some propagandies influences and some progressive sound too. Yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be interesting. <laughs> I can't wait to record something. I can't wait to put vocals on those songs. But I'm also super excited to make you discover some bands today. So let's go for our first Repunkmendation. Repunkmendation. The Italian band Coconut Planters is such a great melodic skate punk band. 
They were formed three years ago and they quickly released their first self-titled EP. And during the pandemic, they wrote new songs. And they just released a new single called The Hangover. I hate hangovers. Oh my God. And we can find this song on their new upcoming album, Upset Hopes, that will be out on December 3rd. Oh, and I love their description. No palm oil, just punk rock. <laughs> Let's listen to this single. And don't be too hungover. <laughs> remember the interview I made on episode 17 with Kevin Salk. He's a great photographer who used to take amazing pictures of punk bands in the 80s like Black Flag, Operation Ivy, Descendants, etc. And he was like 15 or 16 years old when he took those legendary shots. And he just finally released his book, 
Punk, photos from a fan's perspective. I received a copy and oh, I had such a great time reading it, looking at the pictures. Wow, you absolutely need this in your collection. The four words is written by Fletcher's from Pennywise. Kevin had a really nice stories behind the shows and pictures. He separated the chapters according to the band. So we have a whole chapters about Black Flag, another for Descendants, Misfits, Minor Threat, Circle Jerks. We can also find pictures of old set lists, flyers, posters on top of very great shows pictures. Wow. Check the show notes if you want to grab a copy. And thank you, Kevin, for the book and for being my guest a few months ago. Interview. I had such a great time talking with Adam of the copyrights. We talked about the new album Alone in a Dome, about basement shows, house shows, what does it take to be signed on a label, and many, many other things. I've been listening a lot to the new album Alone in a Dome. I really like it. It's so refreshing. It makes me super happy. Thank you to Melanie Kay for helping me to book this interview. Enjoy. Hello, hello. 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 Hi. So I want to talk uh, mostly about the new album and okay. maybe some, if you have fun stories to tell or whatever. I, sure. Sounds good. Good. I think you were playing at the fest. We just did. Yeah. I just yeah. got home from that. How actually. was it? It was really good. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it's been a couple of years, so kind of weird. Um, yeah. But uh, I'll say, like, I don't know if you've ever been to the fest. Yes, I've been there three years ago. It was amazing. Okay. So this one was kind of interesting. Uh, this was our 15th fest in a row. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fest 5 was our first fest. Uh, and I think we're on fest 20. So oh. um, it was kind of cool in the way that uh, there were just less people. Oh, yeah. So... So, but it was nice because there were no lines. It was kind of just reminded me a lot of uh, what Fest used to be when it was a little bit smaller. Yeah. Uh, and there was also, I think, a lot of younger bands or at least bands that have never had the opportunity to play Fest before. So it was like a whole new crop of bands that I, I I'm, I'm pretty out of the loop anyway with a lot of new stuff. Yeah. Uh, but there was definitely like most of the bands were bands I've never heard of. And uh, yeah, I just kind of had this kind of like vibe that reminded me of of old fest in a way oh. and since there was less people it was kind of like the vip oh VIP fest <laughs> yeah they just like, like they probably sold less tickets because of covid distanciation and i have no idea about how many tickets were sold um but i it just and things were also more spread out like mm -hmm. i don't know down here we have a lot of uh kind of puritanical liquor laws in a lot of towns where like you know you can't drink outside and stuff yeah. like that so covid really in a lot of small towns and i in in my town where i live and also i noticed while we were in gainesville they kind of repealed those rules you know how do we how, how do you have a gathering safely without mm -hmm. you know spreading the virus yeah, yeah. will you do it outside so now it's like well they want people to be outside you know mm -hmm. so there was an open container you walk around with a drink and there was, you know, tables and chairs everywhere. So people could just kind of hang out and yeah. it had more of an outdoor kind of, uh, I don't know, it was spread out and you could just walk around kind of vibe. 
And wow. I think that probably a lot added a lot to there being less people inside the venue all the time because you weren't just stuck in there to get a drink. Yeah. You know, I'd roll in, grab a drink and then just leave, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was sure. great in that regard. So uh, uh, I think that probably changed things. How was your set there? How was the show? You know, we played twice. We did a secret oh. show on Saturday night at Boca Fiesta. And that wasn't really that was great. Uh, and then we played at, uh, well, we used to be called eight seconds, but now it's called knocking boots, uh, which is a ridiculous name. It's hard to say that <laughs> with a straight face. Uh, we played there like at, against Mikey Erg band and hot water music, but somehow wow. we still had a fantastic show. So I was pretty amazed that both shows went off really when, great. Before, but that's fast. It's always good. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I wish I could have been there this year. But with the travel restriction, I was yeah, like, I'm sure. not sure. It was risky to buy plane tickets and yep. show tickets. Yep. And in Canada, we have a lot of restriction. Like we have to do COVID tests. Uh, yep. Not quarantine anymore after traveling. But I wasn't sure. So... Yeah, that's why I passed. Well, you're like, you know, everyone else that was coming mm -hmm. from internationally. You know, international bands are such a big part of that festival, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So none of those people were there. So that's what I mean. It kind of had this, like, locals only kind of vibe. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I wish I could have been there because I don't know if you saw that show, but my favorite band is The Willem Scream. And uh, my okay. and I have a friend, a punk cellist, is playing cello. He was playing with okay. them and he was playing also a, a solo set of punk rock cello. <laughs> Just... Oh, all right. Sounds wild. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. Um, have you ever played in Montreal at the Puzza Fest? Yeah, you did, right? Yeah, we played Puzza Fest twice. Yeah. Twice, I think. Well, at least Dear Landlord played once and I know oh, a yeah. played I remember once. that. But I played Montreal quite a bit. And if you want to get into it, uh, our first guitar player, when we first started our band... And we went on a tour around, well, we made it to the East Coast. It uh -huh. lasted like four shows. But uh, David, uh, Plan, he played in a band called The Beldons, and they're from Montreal. Oh. Um, but he's played in a bunch of other bands, too. Uh, so, yeah, we have Montreal roots. Like, yeah. Oh, is it, he's French-Canadian or, or he, he... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. he's a Québécois. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> David Laplante. Yeah, yeah. David Laplante. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. I don't know him. Yeah, he oh. played guitar in our band for about a week or so, but uh, oh. he's an old friend of ours. Uh, he played in a pop punk band called The Beldons that did uh, a mutant oh. pop release. Um, but he's played in a handful of other bands and stuff too. And oh, I'll check um, that. Yeah, we played, uh, you know, Montreal quite a few times. Yeah. And in Quebec City and uh, everywhere. When in Quebec City? I don't remember. I think I wasn't there. We played Quebec City a couple of times. We played with the Swingin' Others. Oh, Once. oh, I wasn't there. Uh, That's bad. <laughs> and I can't remember the name of the venue. It was because uh, my French is terrible. Uh, small yeah, or big? I, huh? It, was it a big or a small venue? It was kind of small. It, and it would seem like a punk club that it had several shows. Okay, like so. Lanti, La Source. Oh, La Source de la Martinière, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably okay. there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I guess you had the chance to play, of course, new songs. And how was the, yep. the reception of the public, the, the crowd? Good. Yeah. yeah, good. Yeah, the reception was good. So, I yeah, we were stoked to be able to play those songs. Um, it, 
we had, you know, we haven't played music for uh, over a year or so. So oh. when we, the record came out, we, we all, we don't live in the same place. We all live in separate cities. Oh, so okay. we're not together all the time. So uh. we recorded this album three years ago. Yeah. So and and it just came out. I mean, it's been three years. Yeah, roughly almost three years now. So we did in 2019. So you know, the record sat there for a, about a year, and then COVID happened, and then mm -hmm. we just took a break. And it was like, let's just not do anything. Uh, and we didn't. And then in that time period, we started talking to Fat about releasing the record and stuff. And mm -hmm. then that was, you know, the plan. So. Once the record was coming out, we kind of had to have band practice and then like try to learn how to play the songs we've <laughs> never played before. Oh yeah, and, because uh, you wrote them like in distance, yeah, like you sent each other yeah, like parts yeah. and so like, we never oh, really, like, interesting. Got in a room together and hashed it out. We just kind of recorded everything. Wow. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. So what we did, and uh, <laughs> and we played a few shows now, and we we're able to work them into the set, and uh, yeah, they fit in just fine. I'm really happy to talk to you once the album is released because usually I talk to the bands like before the release, so I'm okay. happy to yeah, see so, how uh, that's out of the bag. Yeah, and uh, what do you think about the reception? Like we talked about the show, but uh, in general, what you see on social media is: Are you happy with the, like, yeah, the reaction? Yeah, totally. yeah. Yeah, I mean, we haven't been ripped apart too bad. All the reviews have been really good. Um, It's a great album. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like people that already are aware of our band or already like mm -hmm. our band. It's just like another record that's <laughs> that's uh part of the catalog like you know we didn't re we didn't like change our sound too much no no uh, yeah we can we we recognize the band of course yeah yeah you know it's different but it's not totally different we didn't we didn't uh change our sound too much so yeah but I it's think, been a yeah, while so. before um been seven years seven years you released i think a live album meanwhile we did yeah we did we uh we played punk rock reduno a couple of years ago which is uh in a town in a small town called bergamo italy italy and, uh it's like kind of a really cool free pop punk festival it's really like oh nice our niche like our you know kind of like italians love your crowd uh, <laughs> ramonzi kind of pop punk stuff so this is a whole festival of that oh and i didn't know are, you know it's that's those are our friends and shit but that's whenever great. covid happened yeah uh, well and and they recorded that that set live and uh had sent us the files but whenever covid happened uh bergamo was kind of ground zero for italy and it oh. it, it it was a really big hotspot at the beginning of the covid yeah it took a lot of lives so We, yeah, did a quick mix of those files that we had and then just put up a record and donated the money to oh, the, wow. the hospitals in Bergamo. And, um, oh, that's yeah. amazing. So that was our plan. That's, I mean, what else can we do? Oh, we have this live record that like was recorded there. Let's put it out and, and donate oh. the money to help people. Wow, that's great. That's very beautiful. That's punk. Yeah. <laughs> Close to the chest It's always been a cheap 
I remember it was really sad to see that they were like the one of the first place that turned that the thing turned out very bad for COVID, and I was like. <gasps> It's awful. Like there was no no room in the ICU and stuff. It was really yeah, right. really really scary. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, so that's that's great that you the band did that. Wow. So, yeah. but seven years uh, since the last full length. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I guess you was the record we did. You toured a lot during this time, except of COVID. We did tour a lot. <laughs> we did like yeah, over a hundred shows that year when Report came out. Wow. If I remember right. So we toured pretty heavy on that. And then uh, five years ago, I had my first child. I had my wife had Ooh. our daughter Elliot. So that kind of put the brakes on my touring for a little yeah. while, and that slowed things down with the band. Um, so yeah, we kind of took a little bit of break, still played shows and stuff, mm-hmm. but, uh, that slowed me down. And like I said, this record was three years ago almost. So, yeah, you know. I didn't know that because the title <laughs> for me looks like a lot, but because the title is alone, uh, in a dome, in a dome. Right. and I was like, Oh, I feel like this since almost right. two years because of COVID. So I didn't know right. if there was a link, uh, or a story well, I mean, behind Right. So it just kind of worked <laughs> out that way. Yeah. So it's been written since three years. And what made you decide to wait because of COVID? Because I think some band told me like, it was a great timing. No, nothing happened. So let's release an album. But for some other band, it was the opposite, like like your band. Like Yeah, I don't really know anybody that put out an album during the pandemic that did well. Uh, Because you want, and for the band, I mean, You you really want to so tour? There was other shit going on that nobody could pay attention to. I mean, the, the record probably d- did fine, I guess, but I feel like everyone just forgot it immediately. Because to you, me, you... anything that came out in the last two years, I already forgot. Like I'm like that. I I don't know. I skipped over it because there was like every day. It's like there's some sort of tragedy that's happening that overshadows like what whatever <laughs> punk band came out. And... That's just me though. <laughs> But also, like, for a band like us, we're like a blue-collar band. Like, we put out a record and we go out and play the songs in front of people. So yeah, that's what we. That's how we work. So to put out a record and then not be able to go out to, and play those songs for people is like, yeah. why even put out the record? Like, I, like, yeah, I'd rather just wait till I know there's some light at the end of the tunnel that we're going to actually be able to go out and, like, perform these songs for people and, ex- yeah. you know. Being them with other people or whatever. Yeah, because when you you release an album, you're super excited to tour and play live and show the people <laughs> and feel yeah. the energy. So I can I I understand. Yeah. yeah. So what's the the story behind the title and the artwork? Because we see a dog under a dome. The colors are really beautiful. So what's the story behind it? Um, the story behind the artwork. Yeah, and the title. Uh, well, the title uh comes from a line of the first song, uh, that hmm. is "You're gonna die alone in a Bucky Dome." Oh, and uh, that's a reference to Buckminster Fuller, who was a uh, he was a um architect, engineer, designer, uh, kind of futurist free thinker type of guy. Uh, he was also a professor at the uh, Southern Illinois University, which is the small town that I live in. Oh, so mm-hmm. he, and his dome home that he lived in is right up the street from me. So uh, I liked that line of the song quite a bit. Um, mm. 
and you know, it, I don't know. It just, that I, I really liked alone in a dome as a title. I, that yeah. was not the original title of the record. Uh, oh. and it was a thing that I thought would work really well. And it, I think it did. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of a reference to like our small town of Carbondale where Buckminster Fuller lived and worked and was somebody that was also, you know, uh, yeah. a worldly, a worldly scholar. Uh, but he also was a guy who was very uh, involved in like how to make the world a better place. Mm. So he, you know, Epcot Center is a thing that he designed. Spaceship Earth is literally the name of a book he wrote about, oh. you know, humans and, and our place in the universe. So there's like all this kind of I connection like there. Uh, so the dome and the artwork, if you want to get really into the artwork. Yeah. Um, we had <laughs> alone. I decided, you know, we had kind of all nailed down. We want to do alone in a dome as a title, but uh, we wanted to use some, mm -hmm. a geodesic dome uh, on the album cover. And I think Brett had done a quick Google search to try to find one, like say we were going to build one. Yeah. Right. We were going to build one originally. And I think it was like on Amazon, we had found just like some kit. It's like, you can get a, <laughs> <laughs> you can get it right but no here's it's kind of stupid it's it kind of funny no, and like so he had uh we just was scrolling through the reviews like reading the reviews because we love to read reviews of things and uh <laughs> some woman had taken a photograph of her dome kit in her backyard and it was like it had her dog just like sitting in it <laughs> and uh and there was also like a ladder and like a hammer and like all this debris around but Whoa. we thought that picture was really awesome <laughs> And Brett had kind of worked with the colors a little bit to give him the sky kind of a cool, you know, uh, some pink and purple or whatever. We thought it just looked really cool. But obviously it was like, <laughs> we can't use, can't use this lady's random photo from an Amazon review for our album cover, even though we would love to. So uh, Kevin sent an email to the people who made that kit and was like, hey, I'm in this band. Would you like sponsor us and send wow. us this kit? And they did. And so we went out and built the dome and uh, our friend who was filming our music videos and stuff that weekend, uh, Mike Cartier, he, his dog, he had a very well-trained dog. Oh. So we put the dog in there and took the photo. So the inspiration came from some random ladies Amazon <laughs> review of a dome kit. That's <laughs> the best story in the wild. Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, yeah. but was she happy about It's the dome? Deep. Was it a good, a good review? <laughs> I don't remember if it was actually, I don't know. I would think, I think so, but maybe not. It might've been like, this is bullshit. Not, not big enough or something. I don't know. Wow. That's a great, great, great story. And so you're now on Fat Records, but I should say back on Fat Records because you had like one album or one EP. We did a seven inch before report came out. We did the no knocks seven inch, which was a single for the record. Oh. Uh, Yeah, and that was, I mean, I guess, yeah, that was on fat. I feel like that was kind of more of them doing us a favor. <laughs> like, I don't know what they were doing with that. But, but uh, and it's, I, I can tell you, nobody got rich off that investment. But, uh, but I'm, I'm glad that they, uh, they were interested in doing that. I'm glad they did it. Wow. Because now, now they got us. So. Yeah, but this uh, seven inch, when was, when was it? When was it released? I forgot. That came out right before Report. So that was about oh, seven years ago. Seven years. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. And b meanwhile, between, it's like you were on many, not many, but 
one or two other labels, I guess. Well, we've been on Red Scare the whole time. Red, oh, okay, okay, the whole time. I mean, pretty much. We, I mean, our first couple of records came out on a record label called Insubordination. Mm, that's uh, what I read. Mm-hmm. Which has gone out of business now, but uh, yeah, I mean, we've pretty much been on Red Scare for the entirety of our band, well, for a long time anyway. And how? Because um, yeah, so you you had that seven inch on Fat Records now, and yeah. so what? How did this happen? They they just called you and say okay we're ready now <laughs> or <laughs> uh yeah i mean i don't really know i we had uh you mean the record or the seven inch no the, the fat new the, the new album for the new album when fat record decided to to We've have been you. friends with like uh, all of a lot of the employees in those bands for a long time so uh, a lot of people from red scare have gone to fat um Mm. and we oh. had sent them the record and uh whatever was happening you know at fat records at that time they they weren't interested in it and then uh you know some time went by and then whatever happened they were <laughs> it's a good but it's also a good I wasn't fit in on those conversations so i can't really fill you in but uh no it's sometime fine between you know a course of a little bit of time they, but they it, it's also interested. It's it's a good match. I mean, for the label and you, and your sound. Yeah, thanks. Like, yeah, I think it's it's a good fit on Fat Records too. Like, yeah, I mean, we grew up listening to Fat Records. Yeah, bands that we still have like our, you know, you'd mail in your demo, and Fat Records would send you back this checklist sheet that was like, "You suck. You're good. You're great. We're gonna sign <laughs> yeah. you. Whatever." You know. I talked and, with Dave of Diesel Boy recently, yeah. and he, he told me exactly this. You have to, you yeah, have to yeah, wait yeah. for the sheet and the the written answer. Yeah. But he was talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. the we 90s from our high school bands and stuff. So <laughs> it's you know it's really cool to finally finally be there twenty something years later. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. And it's uh it's great because. I have a lot of DIY bands who write me from time to time and they they need help to to get more listenings and stuff. So do you have a tip for them how they can make it on a label? What's the what do you have a tip beside beside <laughs> playing good music? <laughs> But once you know you have good music, what's the next step? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> write good songs well, when, i don't know that seems to be the trick but also i think like i don't know anytime anybody ever asks me that i'm like well what do you want to do do you want to be a band mm-hmm. then go be a band just get in the van and go be a band like what do you <laughs> yeah. i don't see the point in sitting around and like waiting for somebody to put out your record to allow you to be a band if you want to <laughs> be a band then go fucking be a band oh yeah and they'll they'll find you If you're doing good work, some they will come to you. Like most record labels aren't like, <laughs> you know, just waiting to spend a bunch of money on some project that's not ever gonna mm. be a real functioning band. You gotta already have that wheel in motion and and prove that you're capable of doing being, you know, a working yeah. band in order for anybody to believe in you or at least like waste their time trying to promote you i guess Does yeah that make sense yeah sure it's like and especially in today's world like i don't know even what a record label does too much anymore i mean i know they do and fat records is great and that's yeah. a, you know it's nice to have this kind of like a yeah. team of people working on things 
uh, is is really nice. Uh, but I'm sure they would probably say the same thing. Like, you know, with all the technology and the way things are going, like it's very obvious that anybody can anybody can get their music out there now. Yeah. Which is also a problem because there's a bazillion bands. So how does anybody find you? Well, you have to go play it for them and you have yeah. to show them, get them in a room with you and then prove that you're worth paying attention to. Yeah. So I think maybe the, some a problem is to think that you're going to make better show if you are on the label, but first you can work to make better shows and more shows. So yeah, maybe be good, be good first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We agree like, yeah. about that. Yeah. Like write good songs, try to record them with a pretty good sound and tour with it. Yeah. I don't even know if that matters, but, uh, and also like, I don't know, be like, be willing to work with people and like be easy to work with, I suppose. Yeah. Be honest. Yeah. Be a good, good people. <laughs> good. That helps. Yeah. Um, if we get back to the album, so you said that nothing changed a lot, but something changed. <laughs> so can you tell me more about that? <laughs> Uh, what do you mean changed? Oh, because like, I with the label. The, the, no, the sound, like the sound of the album. Said I. We talked that oh, it's uh, still the same sound, but I some mean, of, a few things have changed. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, we uh, like I said, everything was recorded. You know, Luke McNeil, the drummer, who's also like the main songwriter, who was also mm. a recording whiz. Uh, who's been we've been in a band together since we were in high school which oh was wow a long time 1994 or five oh. is kind of when we started playing music together so you know the progression of like learning how to get better at recording and how to make things sound better and uh so you know new tricks uh new shit like that but songwriting wise i you know i'd say that uh there's probably a little bit of uh you know there was some life and death that happened between report and mm. this record so that probably has a lot to pops up a lot in the subject matter and maybe the overall tone of the record like maybe there's some heavier things of to talk about uh yeah. in our kind of uh, vague way of delivering lyrics so it's still a happy pop punk song uh, sound but with some Uh, But we might be singing about something really sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like the contrast. The <laughs> yeah, thanks.
I really love the song Enemies. It's super fast. Oh, yeah? I really like it. It's at the, okay. almost at the end of the album. But yes. it's like uh, a very fast song. I like it. That is a fast one. Yeah. yeah that one. Uh, yeah, that's really fast. And that's me and Brett both singing together through yeah. the whole song, if I remember right. Uh, yeah. And we can still find lots of sing-alongs, harmonies. Yeah. So it's a, always a great energy, as always. Yeah, thank you. Is it? We try to keep that yeah. going. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I totally understand because your band, for me, it's a show, it's a band that it's, It's good on album, but it's even better live for this oh, kind. Thanks. But this kind of energy, for this kind of energy, like the sing-alongs and like it's... Yeah, the sing-along thing is like, uh, yeah, I mean, that's our favorite thing. That's what we like the most. Like, yeah, I've talked about this before in other uh, podcasts, so I don't always like to repeat myself. But I think that that part of our sound comes from like... I think it's ingrained in us because we're kind of we're like a midwest ba we're like a basement band like we we come from playing in 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 house shows and basement venues ah yeah I small love clubs that don't always have a pa that is loud enough so if you have a chorus or a part of a song where everybody can sing along i mean it's like then you can hear it so like even like me and brett singing the whole song together at the same time is like well how do we make this shit louder it's like everybody sing yeah uh, yeah yeah so it's it's a thing that's i think subconscious for us now but when i look at it in retrospect i think that that's probably part of the sound yeah i i heard that you you were or still is a very huge fan of house shows <laughs> Is it? Yeah, I like house shows. I went yesterday to a house show. <laughs> it was so much fun. I have a friend who is buying houses and make them better oh. and then sell it after. So nice. yesterday was a <laughs> he's trying to sell the house, but like meanwhile, uh there's no furniture, nothing. Perfect. So who invited like uh two singer, two acoustic singers, super great. And uh so we were like 15 people and it was amazing because we could focus more on the lyrics and like the two singers lost their father like a few months ago so they were oh. they were singing a lot about it and everyone was like almost crying so the the feeling was incredible and i think our shows can bring this it can bring a bigger party or like more emotions well for me it's like uh Yeah, for me, like, it's just part of a thing that I've always been doing for a long time. That's, like, where we started, and it's yeah. still, like, we still, you know, occasionally play house shows and things. So it's, wow. it's just, I, I guess I haven't graduated too much out of that. But uh, if you're looking at it like a, you know, anthropology, like, a, like you want to look at it through the microscope, it's definitely, like, more intimate. I mean, mm -hmm. you're, like, you know, it's not the same as going to the fucking House of Blues and and it, and it those types of things are like what builds the entire community that a scene is built on so yeah. you know very rarely is like for me anyway like an entire scene worth of people the people the movers and shakers like it's not always a bar it's sometimes a basement or a house or a really small microcosm of petri dish of people that are like active in creating art and things yeah. so and also i want to say that like there's nothing better as 
particularly when it comes to punk music, than being right next to somebody who is absolutely fucking destroying their instrument. And you only get that when you're in a really intimate location, like a VFW hall or a a squat or a basement or a house. Mm. You don't get that when there's a barricade and security guards. So all that shit is lost to me. Like, yeah. Whenever you're in a big room like that, you know, it's like a, you know, there's, it's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, we, we play those shows all the time and I understand their necessity, but I also think that people should pay attention to the smaller things. Oh yeah. I totally agree with you. I interviewed a guy, his name is Chris. He used to live in a punk rock house in Arkansas, in Kansas. And he told me crazy stories. But what I noticed is that there was such a, community community uh, spirit like they would work for homeless people then make shows at night and then like it's it was so crazy i wish i could i wish we could have this uh, still here yeah. see that's the thing it doesn't always exist everywhere the thing that i think is <laughs> the thing for us is like and i've talked about this forever is there's a place where we started our band i mean Where we're from is a there's a house here called Lost Cross. Uh, it's as far as I know the oldest running DIY basement venue in America. It's the first show is in September of 1986, and it's still going. And we still go oh. there, and we still play there, and we're still. I mean, I'm still very active with that scene. So that's what I mean. Where I'm coming from is like my whole life has just been like that's where punk happens. That's where punk comes from, mm. and I still look at it kind of through that lens, even though I'm on fat records and sometimes opening for sick of it all or whatever yeah <laughs> you know I think like both uh, are so, great yeah, that's, yeah so we, we do have that here and it is special and it doesn't exist everywhere yeah uh, are you in your basement right now from Fuck what yeah, i see I'm in my basement uh you shouldn't not having a show though no show for my house <laughs> i was except about to kids. say except for my kids i was about to say oh like that's a good spot i like this yeah <laughs> Just put the the couch aside a little, and it's perfect. Yeah, right. I mean, I am surrounded by gear. You can't see. Yeah, it. this is the little studio area, but yeah, no show. We do have band practice down here. Oh, sometimes. yeah, good. So Me too. Look, it's my home studio. Wow, it's. I see that. It's really dark, but yeah, I have my piano here and nice. my boyfriend's guitars. Your battery religion poster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I love to. Um, have this nice space here mm. we all need one <laughs> good um i like that on the middle of the the album you put an intro on the before midnight song about the crash of the satellite the russian satellite <laughs> you like that one yeah yeah that's uh that's archie bunker from all in the family that was just a weird clip that i'd come across on youtube I thought it was just too great to not use it. I so. wonder if the song had a link with it with this story. No, nah, it's just fucking funny. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like totally random. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to. I mean, Carbondale, Illinois is the town where we're from, so to have Archie Bunker from All in the Family even mentioned it is like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Yeah, it's what it says like the the Russian satellite crashed in Canada and <laughs> give cancer to. Give <laughs> cancer to some cows in Carbondale, Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> So I wonder, I tried to pay attention to the lyrics, but I was like, is it related? <laughs> no, you, you tell me that it's not. Well, that song has got a lot of references to the town. Oh. So, yeah. So it kind of works that way in a little bit. That, yeah. 
Yeah. It's great that you put a lot of references to your town. We can see your community, uh, like your sense of community through your songs. It's fun. Ah, well, thanks. Uh, yeah, I think sometimes whenever you, well, like I said, like Luke is like kind of the main songwriter mm -hmm. of the band. But also, I think we both agree that like when you give something a specific location, mm. it gives it a little bit more of a, I don't know, like a, you can imagine something, you know, there's a specific point for you to focus on. Like, here's the town or here's a street or here's a city as opposed to just something general. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, so the album is released and what are your plans next? You just play the fest, you, but we just what's play the next? Fest, uh, and we don't have anything for a little ah, while. No. I don't really know. We're just kind of hanging out, waiting for somebody to offer us some kick-ass shows. Yeah, come play here. <laughs> Kevin's, Kevin, our guitar player, is going to be on tour with Off With Their Heads for a little bit. Uh, he plays guitar in that band. So he's going to be busy with Off With Their Heads during December or so. Oh. And then I think we might do a couple of little weekends in January and February. And then uh, after that, we don't really know. Oh, so anyone who has a basement ready <laughs> for a show the basement. or yeah. a big venue... You're... Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> going to house shows, waiting for something to happen. <laughs> Good, and we can find the album everywhere, like on Fat Records. I think so. and, yeah. yeah, cool. You can find it on any listening streaming platform you listen to music on, and the CD is available, but the record won't be here until January because mm. it takes uh, forever to get. A I record know pressed. it's so, it's crazy, uh, but it'll be here. So it's available from Fat Records, and and yeah. Good. It's there. It's everywhere. Are you the type of guys who are already have lots of new songs when no. <laughs> when you release no, an album? Not. Okay, because there's <laughs> so nothing. No. You you're just gonna surf on the album and try to tour on it and see we're gonna later. surf on the record as best we can. Uh, but uh, you know, hopefully, maybe it won't take seven years for us to make another record. Hope uh, so. Oh, and you know, there's not. a few songs floating around that we haven't released yet here and there that might make their way out, but. Yeah. As of now, now the record just came out, and we're not we're not getting back into songwriting gear yet. In mm -hmm. the frame of mind, I mean. Yeah, totally good. So thank you so much, Adam. It was a nice chat. And yeah, nice talking to you too. I'll keep uh, catching up with your projects and. Thank you. Everything. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for the interview. Hopefully, we cross paths sometime. Hopefully, in Canada. Yeah, please come play here. It could be yeah, fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. Have a great. Yeah, thank you. A great PM. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Repugmentation. A few months ago, I discovered this amazing band called No Bro, N-O-B-R-O. -O, super simple to spell. They are from Montreal. They are playing very energetic punk rock and roll. It's super refreshing. I love their sound so much. The energy is incredible. Beau travail, les filles. Yeah, girls. And now we're going to listen to my favorite song from them, Lala.
I made my own researches <laughs> on different websites like skatepunkers.net, punknews.org, different bands' websites, some newsletters from labels, and I found some news for you. And now, it's time for Punk Rock News with Emily Plamondon. released two new songs called Waiting and Kill Something. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, the song Waiting features guest vocals from Katrin of the band No Bro. <laughs> and Pop also announced some tour dates for 2022 and they're gonna tour with Billy Talent and No Bro. <laughs> Check the dates in Canada. MXPX made us a surprise. They released a new live album called Southbound to San Antonio and we can find 23 live tracks recorded live at the Paper Tiger venue in San Antonio, of course. And it was recorded in 2020. So you can enjoy it and feel like you're at the punk rock show. Let's go to the punk rock show. Rise Against is streaming their new live hippie, Nowhere Sessions. Uh, I found this on skatepunkers.net. Very nice. I love it. Also, if you're the kind of people who listen to some Christmas songs in November, you have to be aware that Dave House released a cover of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And yeah, like I said earlier, I don't care about Christmas. I don't know. I'm weird. But since my grandparents died and my family on my dad's side is broken because of COVID opinions and other stuff, I'm just not really in the mood. Even if I enjoy spending Christmas time with my close family, like my parents, my sister, my boyfriend, my best friends, I never feel like the magic of Christmas. But I'm not unhappy about that. I'm just totally neutral and I'm still a happy person. <laughs> We're gonna have the occasion to talk a little more about Christmas punk rock music somewhere in December. Uh, Hot Water Music announced a new upcoming album was gonna be titled Feel the Void and we can already watch a new music video for their fantastic, amazing, great new song Killing Time. You need to listen to it. It's so good. The band The Ramonas from UK just released a new album Haphazard and it's already available digitally and a vinyl will come in 2022. Listen to this band. It's super interesting, super good. Also, I watched a very nice music video by Mike and his uke featuring some people from Mill and Colin, Pennywise, Lagwagon, Chris from the Flatliners is there too, Amy Gabba. Gabba Gabba, hey, they released a cover of the Ramon songs, Something to Believe in, and it's crazy good. Watch this. I love those all-stars collab videos. The band Tsunami Baum is recording new demo tracks for a future album. We don't have a lot of details so far, but it's a great news in my opinion. And finally, Census Failed announced a new album, Hell Is In Your Head, and it's going to be available on July 15 on Pure Noise Records. And there's already a new single available for the song I'm Sorry I'm Leaving. There's also a video 
for this song. And I just want to remind you that you can join my Patreon page for weekly newsletters where I put more news, more recommendations, and a lot of links about all my researches. If you subscribe, you can also have access to all my Zoom interviews, video with my guests without any edit, a lot of other exclusive content. So it's the best way to support the show. It's already the end for this episode, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my guest, Adam. Thank you to our sponsor, EpicMerchStore.com. Thank you to Scott Alquist for the edit and co-production. If you want to help me with the podcast, you can subscribe and share it to all your punk rock friends. You can also rate five stars on iTunes. You can promote the podcast on your social medias if you want. You can also make donations on PayPal and buy me a copy. Join me on the Patreon page. You can also give me some feedback. There's a lot of ways you can support the show without spending any money. I can't wait to be back next week, but until then, thank your life. You're amazing, guys. I love you so much. <laughs>